It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. And having the ability for us to be unified and unify the building, we need to have that in place. We have that in place here. And the Steelers here on Christmas Eve win it on the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception 13 to 10 over the Raiders. With the playoffs now all but out of reach, there's still work to be done. And analyzing ways to improve is essential to long-term success. To get to where the Raiders want to be, sometimes that includes difficult decisions. And here we are back here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. That sound that you heard right there from behind the shields was the voice of Trey Mosley, TreyMosley.com, on Twitter at TreyMosleyVO. And Trey joins us on the phone lines now. And Trey, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. When you hear that, when you hear your voice played back like that, what, what's going through your mind? Um, it's crazy. First of all, thanks for having me on. Um, I'll tell you an even better story. Um, because I, I do the hype videos for the for the team as well. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't know was that they also played them in the stadium. So the first game when we moved here to Vegas uh, a couple of years back was the overtime game against the Ravens. Ooh. So the lights get dark, and then, you know, the, the videos come on, and I'm hearing, you know, you know it's, it's a Monday night show. I'm like, oh, what? So I'm <laughs> – and my wife – who is now a converted Raider fan herself. It's her first football game, first Raider Nation game. I'm like, look, we get kind of we get kind of crazy, so just be prepared to to hear that. Um, it, you know, I was speechless like I am now. It, it, was, <laughs> it had me in goosebumps. I was just like, this is really, really happening. So to have that experience, and then for for the organization to say, hey, we want you to narrate. Uh, you know, these behind the scenes, uh, behind the shield, rather, um, episodes. I'm like, say less, let's, let's get it in. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a high every time that a new one comes out and, uh, it, it, it doesn't fade away. A lot of people always ask me with me doing voiceover so much, do I ever get tired of them? Like, not at all. <laughs> you know, I, I, I get to, I get to tell stories. I get to create. Um, ain't nothing like it, man. No, no, there really isn't. And you do a fantastic job uh, with it. And and your voice is, I mean, it's so recognizable for everyone that I played it for today before the show. They're like, oh, yeah, I, I recognize that. And, and for Trey, for you, I mean, you're a Raider fan. Like you said, your wife is now a converted Raider fan, but you're a Raider fan. So to be able to work with the organization that you're a fan of, how special is that for you? Well, first off, if he's listening, Marcus Padilla, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Um, how I even got the job, uh, I just went on LinkedIn. And I said, you know, I've been wanting to, to, to do something with this organization ever since I got in the VO, but never really pulled the trigger. And I'm like, I'm, I got to do something. This Now it has to happen. And I reached out to them, and uh, it just so happened they were in the process of moving from Oakland here. And um, he was like, no, we're definitely going to get in touch with you. And he was a uh, he was he was a man true to his word. And, you know, the first time I read, they they had a different version of how they wanted it to go. And I was like, well, let me let me put my let me put me on it. 
And um, what you hear now in the in the videos and the stuff that I do for the team is is, is the uh, direction that we agreed upon. And um, like I said, I, the first football game I watched in its entirety was the uh, Raiders then Redskins Super Bowl. Mm. So Marcus Allen doing what he did, um, and you know that team with with Branch and, and Doki Williams and Marcus and, and Plunkett and all of that, that did it for me. And I grew up in Miami, so you had to be a Dolphins fan. And right. I still have somewhat of an allegiance to them, but it's, it's always for me been the silver and black. I heard that. Not mad at that at all. It's a fantastic story. Again, we're talking with Trey Mosley, TreyMosley.com, on Twitter at TreyMosleyVO, fantastic voice actor here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Necessary Roughness. My man demond has got one for you. The most fascinating part about the stories that you told is that you got the job just by going on LinkedIn. But gotta, how did you build your shot, brother? Yeah. Gotta shoot your shot. But how did you build up your resume in the voice acting community to them to say when you did send in your resume, the Raiders would say, "Hey, this guy knows his stuff." I've been doing VO now since I guess 2009, 2010, and just working my way up 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 the ranks. You know, finding good quality uh, work. And marketing myself before I had agents and reps and all that, dude, I would send out 50 to 100 emails a day to different production companies, uh, mom and pop stores, anybody who needed a voice for anything and just built up the resume from there. So it's, you know, a lot of people think you just pick up a sheet of paper and, and, and read, but there's, there's nuances. There's a way that you have to say something to emote and, and make people feel a certain way. Um, so I, I got, um, I got coaching. Um, I got training to just really make sure that, okay, if I'm going to do this thing, I want to do it right. And as the years progressed and, and went on and when I did get representation, you know, I had the resume behind me to show these people, Hey, I can do this work. Now I just need the opportunities. And, you know, like I said, when, when I finally made the decision to, you know, stare out at the abyss and, and, and jump off the cliff and say, okay, either the Raiders are going to say yes or they're going to say no, but I need to know at least I have an opportunity. So, um, and I, I tell even, because I also coach BO, and I tell my students, you know, your best ability is your availability, and if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So I just made sure if they said yes, I was going to be ready. I think I think Trey's my big brother. I think me and I think Trey's my big brother. Am I not preaching that to you guys all the time? You should see him in studio right now, Trey. This is music to his ears. This is hey man. <laughs> but it's, something it's else true, I got it. Um, I mean, it, it's true. Some of the best opportunities that I've gotten uh, in voiceover was merely for the fact that when they said, "Hey, can you do this?" and "Can you do this now?" and I said, "Yes." Uh, even you know, because I also for all you Madden players out there. When you play Madden, uh, the voice of Superstar KO, uh, that's me. And also, when you're playing uh, in franchise mode, uh, the commentator that's telling you, tonight's game is going to be against the Las Vegas Raiders versus the San Francisco 49ers. Coming up next on Madden NFL 23. You know, just I, I have been blessed to have a bunch of really cool gigs uh and I don't want to say fall into my lap because I, I really work hard at what I do, but just me being in position to, to be ready to go. All right, so Madden, the Raiders. But what were some of those earlier jobs that maybe <laughs> you just said, you want me to read this? <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I remember one job where, um, you know, I, I can read Spanish pretty good. Nice. And this, this guy wanted me to read, it was a, it was a PSA for saying no to drugs. And I'm like, the, the irony is, you know, this Spanish PSA saying no to drugs. And it was in Colombia. I'm like, like, okay, I don't think this is going to play on the radio anytime soon. But, you know, crazy stuff like that, man. I've had uh, people request that I I be their voicemail. Um, I've had a few of my friends that, you know, back when I worked in the corporate world, uh, pretend I was their doctor. When When I was in customer service before I even, you know, thought about doing voiceover i worked the late shift and the quality control was very lax at night because we just you know they didn't care like look as long as you don't say nothing's gonna get us sued so <laughs> i've had different accents you know hello can i help you may i have your loan number please or or just uh if you give me just a moment let me take a look at your account you know just doing all types of stuff and the quality assurance people would send me pop-ups on the dm like dude is that was that you? I'm like, yeah, that was me. So I, I guess I've been preparing for this all my life. <laughs> I love it. That is awesome. No, it is. I mean, and that's how it is. I bet you. I bet you had some good crank calls back in the day, like sitting at the homie's house just crank calling people. Or was I the only one who did that? <laughs> no, no. I would. I, I, I called a friend of mine, and I was like, "Hello, I'm calling from the you know fill in the blank uh, center of disease control. We have your results back. Please give us a call." And you know, I I was I was I was not a good friend to a lot of people. <laughs> that is awesome. But they they all took it in stride. But you know, even as a kid, um, you know, I I would enter or not enter, but they would have like a oratorical contest, and I would read speeches. And I was always the kid that put his hand up to read first. And um, I had a tape recorder where I, I would. You know, being the only, not the only child, but being the baby of the, of three, you know, my sisters had all moved away. So it was just me and my G.I. Joes and my Transformers. So I'm I'm voicing everything and putting it to a tape recorder. So it's, it's crazy that something that was just imaginary in a dream, now that dream has been, you know, realized by me doing voiceover. Yeah, no, you put it to you put it to tape, you put it to work, and, and you made it work for you, and that's fantastic. What a great testimony. Again, we're talking with Trey Mosley, TreyMosley.com, at TreyMosleyVO here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So, Damon asked you about, uh, you know, like a crazy job or whatever, and I know that working with the Raiders is fantastic for you. I know doing Madden is fantastic, but what has been really your biggest challenge have you found in this in this industry? Well, the biggest challenge, I think, for me is um, having people know who I am, you know, to a small core group, especially in the VO community, we, we're, mm-hmm. we're a very tight knit group of folks. Right. So we all tend to know who each other, you know, Oh, you did the so-and-so thing. Hey, Hey, you did that, uh, that promo for so-and-so, you know, I'm always trying to find ways to, to market myself and, and just to make myself available to the masses. You know, I've, I've recorded, um, you know, VO work in the States, um, uh, England, Italy, you name it. And just trying to get myself out there because even though I do have agents and representation, uh, sometimes if the cupboard is bare, so to speak, and you're like, okay, I haven't 
recorded anything in three days. What's going on? You kind of, you know, get cabin fever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They don't love me anymore. You know what I mean? But, you know, you're always trying to uh, just be relevant. I think that's the, that's the, the, the challenge, how, how to stay relevant, how to stay on top of mind for those, you know, existing clients, how to get in the mind of those new clients. And, and one thing I've always said when I got into this business I just want to be consistent, be consistent and put out good work. And if mm-hmm. I can do those two things and, and not piss anybody off in the process, I, I think I'll be all right. You had a quote tweet out. Let's go tune in tonight for WWE NXT. Uh-oh. Is that you on the voiceover for this commercial? Yes, sir. I knew you last night. I was watching Raw 30 <laughs> and I see the commercial. Oh, man, look out. See, here he and goes. Th- I'm a huge wrestling fan. I'm a semi professional wrestler myself. So I'm not going to lie. The Raiders, that's amazing. But you doing a commercial for WWE NXT, that might, that's the cherry on top for me. I just got to say, that's not even a question. Well, there you go, man. Yeah. I, I've been doing, I've been with the WWE. Uh, they have a, a, a pool of, of voice actors that do different things for them. And I've been doing NXT now for the past two years. I love it. Wow. There there you go. There you go. We're talking with Trey Mosley, TreyMosley.com, here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I say roughness. So I got to ask you, uh, Chandler Jones had an amazing play this year that we don't have any kind of name for it. I know we talked about it for weeks here on the show. Uh, if you were doing a voiceover for that play to try to describe it, what would you, how would it sound? I actually um, created a a name for that play. Okay, um, I, I called him the Sin City Savior. If nice. you think about it, and um, I'm like, where else in 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 Vegas, which is the Sin City, and yet this guy literally was our savior and saved the game. And I remember when I saw it happen, and just following Twitter, and people like, what should we call this? What should we call this? And there are a few tweets where I said, call it the Sin City Savior, because that's what it was. Yeah. It really was. It was amazing. It was a hell of a play, and uh, obviously the season didn't go the way that the Raiders wanted it to. Obviously they got a lot of work to do in the offseason, but uh, man, oh man, uh, just being able to hear you know, the, the voice behind a lot of the work that, that goes on uh, at Raiders.com, and they do fantastic work, uh, has been fantastic. Well, Trey, uh, before we let you go, man, what do you got coming up next? What should we be on the lookout for? Uh, what what kind of endeavors are you are you working on right now? Man, uh, I, I do a lot of promo for the for the NBA. So okay. um, if you heard any NBA promos on NBA TV or on uh, ESPN, more than likely you've probably heard me as uh, like a, like we already discussed. You heard the the WWE stuff. Um, you know, I'm I'm always in the mix of doing something. Uh, you know, on a something that's personal to me. I'm actually in the process of creating my own animated series. Wow. So that's that's pretty cool. Um but other than that man just you know like I'm talking to y'all right now through the through my computer on the mic. I'm this is where I am most of the day. Uh, I usually wrap up around, you know, five o'clock or so, but you know what I'm just waiting on the next challenge. What I would like to do eventually since I've been here in Vegas, I would love to do some announcing for like events and stuff like that around the, the city. Yeah. If anybody out there's listening and they need a voice for an event, uh, I'm ready. I like it. I like it a lot, man. You're, you're grinding. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. And you mentioned the animated series. If you need a character, I got one here. His name is Damon. He would be a great <laughs> animated character. <laughs> he, he actually goes to the dollar store and buys a dollar gray steak and cooks them up. 
It was for an experiment. Well, I'll tell you a secret. I go to the dollar store as well because they have the best ginger snap cookies ever. Well, there you go. Ginger snap cookies. Everybody. Well, ginger snap cookies are not steak, Damon. But something for everybody, Keith. <laughs> How would you... <laughs> One day he yeah, had to go to see if he needed those cookies. Thing, <laughs> right, exactly. Thank you, Trey. Thank you. TreyMosley.com. That's where you can find his work, at TreyMosleyVO on Twitter with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Hey, man, congratulations on everything you're doing. Again, fantastic work. Uh, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us this afternoon, and uh, we hope that we'll be talking with you soon. My pleasure, man. Anytime. All right, there he goes. Trey Mosley. TreyMosley.com. That was fun. That was fun. And, and it's so funny because when you, you meet people that do a lot of work behind the scene, you don't really realize that you know them. But all of a sudden you, you, you found the, the whole wrestling tidbit and, I mean, your eyes lit up, man. Yes, because I remember watching that commercial and NXT, it's like they're developmental. Yeah. But, you know, so I don't watch it too often. But I remember watching it last night. And I was like, oh, man, just his voice. I was like, man, that's going to be a good show. Man, I loved it, and, and I just love what we heard. You know, let's run it back one more time before we take a quick break, the the sound that we had from uh, Behind the Shield. This is uh, Behind the Shield. This caught my attention last night, and uh, everything else uh, was formed after that. Here it is. Check it out. And having the ability for us to be unified and unify the building, we need to have that in place. We have that in place here. And the Steelers here on Christmas Eve win it on the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, 13 to 10 over the Raiders. With the playoffs now all but out of reach, there's still work to be done. And analyzing ways to improve is essential to long-term success. To get to where the Raiders want to be, sometimes that includes difficult decisions. There he is, Trey Mosley. Many thanks to Trey for giving us a few minutes of his time this afternoon. Again, TreyMosley.com. 421 is the time. Coming up around 430, Coach Ken Ward from Basic High School. Tom Flores, High School Football Coach of the Week for the Girls Flag Football. As we continue that throughout the Girls Flag Football season, you'll hear that conversation coming up at 430. This is Red Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Trey Mosley. TreyMosley.com joined us in the last segment. Talk about all his uh, voiceover work that he's doing with the Silver and Black, with the Madden game, with WWE. He's done some voiceover in Espanol, NBA. I love the Columbia story. I thought that that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know how much effect it's going to have down there, but. Hey, you know, you got to have the, the thing is, you got to have the disclaimer out there anyway, right? Say no to drugs. Got cocaine for sale. I mean, you know what I mean? But at least it's all the disclaimers out there, right? You got to try it. You got to at least try to dissuade some of the kiddos. I mean, didn't you go through the D.A.R.E. program when you were younger, Damon? Uh, Q, oh, yep. D.A.R.E. program? Oh, yeah, hey, I was. <laughs> I made the pledge. Hey, I did too. <laughs> have we stayed on the straight and narrow? No, we have not, but I we did our red, best. I had the red ribbon. I had the red Hell ribbon. Oh, yeah. How I, scared were you after that first day, though? Because for me, it was, whoa, you you were right, officer. No. <laughs> oh, my God. My uh, my parents put the, the fear of God in me when it came to drugs. And, you know, my dad used to really mess me up because we'd see, like, a really good athlete. And then all of a sudden, they'd, like, Dwight Gooden or something. He'd be like, see, that's what happens. And I'm like, oh, no. You know what I mean? So, like, in my mind. So, growing up, it was always another athlete that mm-hmm. they would point out to me. And it was like, see, if you touch drugs, that's what's going to happen. I was like, oh, I don't want that to happen. Now, see, what they should have done has been, like, See, if you drink some of that alcohol, you'll have a problem. <laughs> Seriously. That's what they should have said because then I would have been all good, right? Instead, you know, one out of two ain't bad, I guess. 
Yeah, I had to stand the straight and narrow because I was an athlete and I had one of my teammates get caught pretty early in high school mm. where she could never be a captain and she had to miss some games. Right. So you're just convinced that if you try it once, yeah, that you're yeah. going to get busted. You're done. I'll yes. never forget yes. the first night I got drunk when I was 18. Totally normal. And I was in the bedroom with my friend just basically shaking being so scared because I was convinced the cops are going to come the cops are coming <laughs> they're going to come down at yeah. this college party they're yep. going to take me out they're like you're the underage one right. you're the and, one and I didn't sleep a wink that night no, not a I, wink hey, believe me the very first time that I was ever drunk and, and like I could not handle it right Yeah. Uh, I remember I was in bed all day at the house and I was like sick and, and finally my mom said what is wrong with you are you okay and Finally, I had to admit, I was like, look, I'm just drunk. You're right. I, I, it's, wow. And, and, no, I, I was, because there was nothing I could, I was, I looked like hell, right? I looked like you I was smell about to, it? What were you drinking? Yeah, peppermint schnapps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was my, <laughs> there that, was a presence before they well, walked that, in the room. That was my first drink I ever drank was peppermint schnapps. <laughs> Did you go back to Because I didn't like, uh, no. Exactly. I can't, I can't drink it now. But I, ne- I never liked the smell of beer, so I didn't want to drink beer. So I drank mm-hmm. peppermint schnapps, and it was because my buddy Leonard, I still remember this, Leonard and his brother Darius invited, inv- invited us to the party. So we went to the party. And I didn't drink. And they're like, oh, uh, you should drink this peppermint schnapps. And I was like, ah, I'm good. You know, I was kind of scared. And I was like, no, you should. And I was like, ah, I'm kind of scared. And then homegirl that was good looking. Mm-hmm. Well, she was good looking. She was, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, just, you know, have a drink. And I'm like, all right. Everybody's <laughs> doing it, Q. Right, exactly. Just come on. Right. Well, I was, you know, I was thinking that the payoff was going to be a lot better than it was. Yeah. And it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. So when I first drank peppermint schnapps, because it's 100 proof. So you plug your nose, oh, and that's God. what they told me. They were like, just plug your nose and just drink it. I was like, okay. So I did, and that was really a go-to drink at first until until it all went bad and I haven't mm-hmm. gone back since. But I'm, it, it was it was bad. So then when I'm trying to recover and I'm trying to feel better, and finally I tell my mom, I was like, well, can you get me something? She's like, no, you got in that way on your own. You get better. And I was like, oh, that's cold. And she's like, you got on that way on your own. You get better. So I said, Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, there you go. That was that was the fr- everyone has that one drink. Everyone has Malibu that one drink. Malibu for me. See, there Certainly you go. Certainly not. Can't do coconut. See, what's Mm-mm. what's the one that you won't go back to? Oh man, it was my first time ever getting drunk. It was like a butterscotch whiskey. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. god. So for like no, a there's week, no going back. Huh? Butterscotch just smelled terrible. Yep. Didn't want to look at a piece of butterscotch candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, terrible. No, exactly, exactly. So the PSA is do not do something stupid like we did because then you will be, well, you'll be a knucklehead like us. So Could've we don't want you. All. I don't know. We're doing pretty good. Maybe you'll be wildly successful. I mean, you could be. I mean, we took a couple turns in between then and it was now, a bad, but you know. <laughs> it was a bad day to have a bad day. Let's put it like that. <laughs> but we're having much better days now. So kids, say no, say no to drugs, say no to alcohol because that's what you should do, right? Geese Mode, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Stay relevant, won't have to get relevant. Going back to what uh, we were hearing when we were talking with Trey Mosley from TreyMosley.com. Coming up next, Tom Flores, High School Football Coach of the Week, Ken Ward, Basic High School. This is Randish Radio 920. It's time for Q's weekly interview with the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And joining us now on the phone lines is the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week recipient. That's Ken Ward from Basic High. And, Coach, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And when you found out that you and your team at Basic High were receiving this award uh, because of the success that your team has had on the field, uh, what was your thoughts? Uh, you know, it was pretty cool. Um, it's a, an honor to get it. Um, you know, I appreciate everything that the Raiders are doing for uh, girls' high school football out here, flag football. So, um, 
you know, it was really cool to get it. Uh, you know, it's really uh, an honor to the girls, really. You know, I can, I'm, I'm coaching them, but, you know, they're putting in all the, all the hard work every day, so. And that's what every coach that I talk to says. You know, it's an honor, and it's obviously it's it's in your name, but it's it's really going back to the program and your players. And so, how how much fun as your team is having a lot of success right now? How much fun are the girls having uh, with all the the wins that you guys are piling up? Um, you know, they're having a lot of fun. I think uh, you know it's a, it's a lot of hard work. They get they get yelled at quite a bit. I've coached boys football as well, and I, I tell them all the time, I'm like, I take this just as serious as I do boys football. So, um, you know, they get chewed out every now and then, just like boys do, and um, you know, at the end of the day, the whole goal is to try to get them to fall in love with the sport and, and learn the sport, um, just like any boy would. Right. And I mean, at the end of the day, when you're winning games, that, that makes everything all that better. And I mean, you're looking at wins over Somerset Sky Point, a big time win uh, over Valley, Canyon Springs. I mean, just really dominant performances. What's really gone into the dominant performances that your team has had? Um, I think um, they've, they've just been executing and doing uh, all the stuff that we've been asking them to do. Um, and so as long as they keep doing that, we'll keep winning games. Um, if, if they start deviating from the plan and kind of start doing their own thing, then, you know, unfortunately a lot of times you'll see, um, we start going backwards or, or, you know, making mistakes that shouldn't be happening. So as long as they stick to the game plan, keep working hard and, and keep doing what uh, the coaches are asking them to do. They should keep seeing success. Again, we're talking with Coach Ken Ward from Basic High here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, Coach, you mentioned coaching up the boys. Now you're coaching up girls' flag football. What have you found to be the biggest challenges that you face and your staff faces as you try to coach up the young ladies? Um, honestly, <laughs> they're kind of two different uh, beasts. So with boys, you know, I think uh, because boys have played it for so long that they get kind of stuck in their ways. Versus girls, the challenge is really kind of getting them to understand the game. Um, you know, we've we've had uh, we've been fortunate in getting some really athletic girls at our school, and that have played uh, either you know club soccer or some of them have played boys football growing up. And so we've been fortunate in getting a few of those athletes. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's really trying to teach these girls the sport because a lot of them have never played before. Do you kind of lean on the the athletes that you have that, like you mentioned, played the soccer, played other sports, and kind of already had the athletic traits? Kind of lean on them a little bit to to help you along. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they kind of have that competitive nature already, um, and some of these girls, you know, haven't played much sports or don't really have that competitive nature yet. And so, kind of leaning on them to be leaders and have them kind of. Uh, take that role and try to get girls to buy into the program um, and to the plan is is kind of one of our um, points of success, I'd say. Well, one young lady that's definitely bought in is Emily Shapiro, uh, named Player of the Week. She had uh, games where she had uh, 18 catches, 405 yards, and six touchdowns for the week. I mean, that's that's awesome. How special of a player is she? Yeah, she's, uh, she's a girl that started out as a freshman and never played a uh, flag before ever. So she's been with me for four years. Nice. And uh, over the years, man, she's gotten a lot better, and she's become one of our, our top players. Unfortunately, uh, last week uh, in one of our games, she ended up breaking her collarbone. Oh, no. So she's out for the season now, so that's going to be a big loss for us. But, yeah, man, that's, that's like one of those um, instances where when kids put in the time and, and kind of buy into the program and the process – um, she's like a prime example of how it pays off in the end. Is she one that now with the injury, can she kind of be, I hate to say it, like coach on the on the sideline with you, kind of help you still communicate with the other young ladies on the field? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of uh, what we talked about is she should, you know, she was at our last game. She spent the last couple of games even with her broken collarbone. And so I think um, she's one of those 
really great kids that I think is going to take on one of those roles of just trying to be a leader and be there for the team. So sure that, you know, it's always helpful when the, the young ladies look over and they see her, you know, on the sideline, even though she can't play, it's always good to look up and see uh, your teammate there. Again, uh, talking with Coach Ken Ward from Basic High here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So, Coach, I always ask any coach I talk to, boys coach, girls coach, whatever the case is, what does it mean to you to be a high school coach? Because it's more than just wins, losses, X's and O's, teaching, coaching, it's mentoring, it's being a best friend to some. What does it mean to you? Yeah, you know, I've told the girls um, over the years that, you know, I, really at the end of the day, I think my role as a coach is to make them better people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want to see them, you know, 10 years down the road, being successful, having kids, running into them at the grocery store, kind of having a conversation with them and looking back and laughing about stuff that we did or stuff that I said or stuff that I did. I think that's it's really more about the relationships and, and bonds that you're building. And, you know, we started this whole thing talking about winning the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award, and you mentioned how uh, you really appreciated the Raiders being in the community. How big is that for your team when they realize, like, wow, we just won this award, and that's an NFL team that is that is helping out with our school and, and the program and paying attention to what we got going on? Uh, you know, I think for them it's like, uh, you know, I've been coaching this since, like, 2014, and so – now that they're doing scholarships for girls flag and you're kind of seeing the sport getting bigger. Um, I think just them getting acknowledged is, is really something that's going to help push the sport. Um, and as, as you know, with the NFL backing it and everything else, um, they're looking at like making an Olympic sport and all this other stuff going on. So, um, I think just for the girls, like being acknowledged and, and kind of seeing that, you know, people are paying attention to you guys and, um, you know, people are noticing, I think for them, that's, um, really gratifying and rewarding acknowledgement yeah it is it's awesome and it's an awesome opportunity and anything as you mentioned you get a scholarship for is even better <laughs> right you oh, know for so. sure yeah if you, <laughs> if you can get your education paid for even a little bit man it's totally worth it in the long haul and you get to go have fun and play sports while you're doing it exactly I don't think there's a, a better thing that you can do no not at all i tell folks all the time i tell kids all the time if you can get a scholarship in anything go for it that is awesome so uh coach as we wrap up what's next for basic high how's the schedule looking uh, you know, we actually had a tough loss last night to uh, Legacy. They played really well, and we kind of, like I was telling you, we, um, we're we not doing the things that we should be doing. I think losing Emily is having to kind of shook us up a little bit. And so, um, you know, we got a couple games coming up that are really important. Uh, you know, I, I got to have a talk with the girls today about, you know, we're going to have to win out the schedule in order to have a decent, you know, um, bracketing position in the right. playoffs. So um, it's kind of one of those times where they're going to have to, you know, it's do or die time. So hopefully we can make it work. Well, there you go. Dig, dig deep. That's all you can do. Dig deep and, and keep that's on right. playing. So <laughs> that's that's that, right. That's we'll why. Find out what we're made of over the next few weeks. Absolutely. That's why you play the games. That's exactly why. So uh, that's the fun of the sport. Well, coach, again, congratulations on being the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. That's awesome. Congratulations to your team. I know you took that L, but still having a lot of success and having a lot of fun along the way. And keep doing what you're doing for the community. We definitely appreciate you. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate the the Raiders for everything they're doing. There he goes, Coach Ken Ward, Basic High School, recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. They do it each and every week, did it in boys football, and now doing it in girls flag football as well, which is really cool. And to see the look on uh, you know, the kids' faces when the Raiders show up and, and hand them the, the check that they give them and, and also just kind of help out with practice and assist and everything. It means a lot. It really does. A lot of times it's the only interaction that anyone really has with NFL players, and the Raiders do it each and every week, uh, both in boys' and girls' flag football. So that's awesome. 4.40 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. 
You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got to give a big shout out to third round pick in the 2023, uh, 2022 NFL Draft, excuse me, Dylan Parham out of Memphis. Uh, he was selected by the Pro Football Writers of America all-rookie team. Parham is the 34th player in Raiders history since so 74, selected to an all-rookie team and the third guard to earn the honor, joining Steve Wisniewski and Kurt Marsh in 81. Wisniewski did in 89, Kurt Marsh in 81. So shout-out to Dylan Parham. We talked about him just the other day. Uh, he was a hell of a rookie and played a lot of football his rookie year. So I think that whatever position they put him at, anywhere on the interior, the left guard, the right guard, the center position – He's going to really thrive. He's going to be a guy that the Raiders can really build on moving forward. I don't think that this is some secret or I'm not. this is not a hot take, but do you think he could be even better at center or he is best suit at guard? I think he's a better center. I think we remember, I remember talking about that mm-hmm. last, last uh, year, or not last year, but during the offseason leading up to training camp, I thought that he was going to have a better opportunity to play center and all the conversations that we had with people out of Memphis were saying that, yeah, I mean, you know, he didn't really – he didn't really play that position, but we think he can, right? He's got the capability. And everyone that we talked to that was a big uh, you know, film guru or something like that always said that I think Dylan Parham has a good opportunity to play center. What does that mean for Andre James? Who knows? But um, you know, I think that the, the fact that he has the ability to play all three positions on the interior, that's really good for him. Yeah, it's also where it come, when it comes to grading, where if you know that he's probably the best guard, does it make sense to move Andre James out of center where – See, he's fine at center, but we know that the team needs more help when it comes to being a guard because I didn't expect him to start, you know, as soon as he did. But I knew that he had that potential just because of all the hype that he had at a training camp. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, a couple other little um, nuggets that I wanted to pass along about the Raiders and the Pro Football Writers of America team. We didn't get to it yesterday. Uh, the All-NFL and the All-AFC and the All-NFC team came out. Obviously, they have nothing to do with the NFC team, but the All-NFL and the All-AFC team for the All-NFL team – Josh Jacobs and Daniel Carlson. I think that's self-explanatory. Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing. Daniel Carlson is Cash Carlson for a reason. Uh, all, AFC, all AFC team, Josh Jacobs, Daniel Carlson, Devontae Adams, and Max Crosby. So there you go. The Raiders get four guys, and the Raiders were one of seven teams with multiple all-NFL selections, and their four all-AFC selections ranked second. So not too bad when you're a 6-11 team to have that much representation on the all-NFL, all-AFC uh, team that means that you've got talent. Now you got to put it together. A, guy, a lot of guys did a lot of good things individually. Now as a collective unit, you got to go do it. And that might be turned around next season where it's 11 and 6 instead of 6 and 11. And you say 11 and 6 instead of 6 and 11, where when you lose, when you lose that many close one score games, it easily could have been, and I know it could have, yeah, would have, should have. But they were in just about every game except the Saints game, where this team, it's not a bad team. And I know it's hard for people to believe that when you're on the outside looking in and you say 6-11, and 11, right. they must have stunk. But this team, it's good. Those one or two pieces – it, it just it makes sense to us, but I don't know how right. much sense they were it just makes. super underachievers. They yes. underachieved in a major way. They have talent. We all know it. They just underachieved, and that's something that's not going to be acceptable. And I don't think it's going to be acceptable next year. If they underachieve next year, I don't think at this time we're talking about what Josh McDaniels and company is doing in year three. <laughs> I think we're talking about a new coaching search. I mean, let's just keep it a buck, right? If they go six and eleven again, what the hell are you doing? Yes, exactly. When what you just mentioned off those stats, they're the second team. What was that in the league or the AFC with the most selections? When it was yeah. the all in NFL team. Yep. 
But that's with a team with that much talent, the excuses have to be out of the window. And I know that Josh McDaniels, it's a little bit overblown, him and Dave Ziegler. They're going to be able to get their guys in. But essentially, when it comes to QB, on the defensive side, Patrick Graham, hey, another year in your system, maybe, you know, those players, they'll be able to adapt, adapt to it a little bit more and a little bit better next season. But when it comes to that offense, you're going to be able to get in your quarterback or at least a guy that's hand-chosen right. by that new By regime. you. You exactly. made the call. You made the call. You you pushed one cat out. You're going to bring another cat in. It's all on you. So that's got to be the – rubber's got to meet the road. They, results have to happen in this next season. Yep. And that's why when going back to the question that we had for the day, would you have to have a badass quarterback or a badass defense – we all know because we've seen the blueprint when it comes to, hey, a badass defense. We see what you can do with that. But for Josh McDaniels, maybe he's saying the, for the best way for a Josh McDaniels team to thrive, it's with a badass quarterback. Very well could be. That was a question that we threw out there. One more nugget before we hit the phone lines at 702-365-9200. And this came uh, earlier down from Jeremy Fowler. We talked about it at the beginning of the show, but if you're just now tuning in, teams around the league expect the Raiders to aggressively tweak their roster, and that includes Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler getting their own guys while moving on from team veterans NFL teams will keep an eye on tight end Darren Waller and wide receiver Hunter Renfro that's per Jeremy Fowler and also the Raiders believe Tom Brady would consider signing with them if he returns for the 2023 season the Raiders are about one of three teams Brady would consider again according to Jeremy Fowler the Bucks are also not not completely out of it so go ahead and leave you with that nugget again 702-365-9200 Lindsay who we got up we got Kalani from Las Vegas. Kalani, welcome to the show. I never took that off day. What's up, Kalani? Hey, well, that's all right, brother. That's all right. We love you on the air. Anyway, <laughs> with your question of the day, it, it you know, obviously you want to say, well, defenses win championships, but those are elite defenses. Where's the league at right now? You got to have a badass quarterback. The okay. question was badass. Not good, not above average. Badass. If you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, they're almost in the Super Bowl again. Why? They got a badass quarterback. The defense is good, but is it badass? Kansas City, they've had some pretty good moments on defense, but we wouldn't necessarily call them a badass defense, but they do have the baddest quarterback in the NFL. If you have a badass quarterback in today's day and age of football, you can win games and possibly go further than expected. If you look at all these uh, callers calling in, great opinions, by the way, and great thoughts on it. But so many people were talking about the past. Oh, the Howie Long days and the it, it Guys, look at the dates on those. It's been a long, long time. Back in those days, we were a revolution for looking ahead, being ahead of the times, looking forward into the future. Everyone else copied us, surpassed us, and we're still stuck looking in the past. Hence why for the last 34 years, we've been almost irrelevant. We've got to stop always looking at the 80s, 70s, and 60s of our glory days and look at how can we go ahead and, and get to where we used to be, which is our glory days, which is ahead of everybody else. We need that badass quarterback. We haven't had one in a long, long time. Thank you very much, guys. Hey, great call. Matter of fact, DeMond, I'd say that that was a badass call. (laughs) I'll tell you what, someone's like, I'll be glad when this show's over today. I done heard badass about a thousand times. We just had to get it out of our system, that's all. But, Lindsey, that kind of what he was saying pretty much went back to the argument that you had maybe at the top of the hour about, you know, the quarterback position. Absolutely, and and just how little of a shot that this franchise has given itself in terms of modernizing itself in that position group. And I think that's ultimately what is going to push you over the hump. And we can build defenses over a couple years, but if you're able to hit on that special person like a Joe Burrow, 
everything changes for you. The entire trajectory, your imagination is completely unleashed. And so hopefully uh, they're lining that up either to be that in the draft or maybe it's just a, a more shorter term imaginative exercise. But regardless, they have a big decision to make and there's a lot riding on it. There's a lot riding on it. I'm glad you said that because something that's riding on it is that big, nice, beautiful $2 billion stadium that sits right off the strip. Yeah. In Allegiant Stadium, right? I mean, you cannot have a, a, a Vegas sideshow. You cannot have a residency in Las Vegas that doesn't attract anyone, right? I mean, and, and there's plenty of residencies that you're like, yeah, nobody's going there, right? You cannot have that. You can't have that where that's just the home, the mecca of every opposing team. We saw it in a bad, bad form the last two games of the season. The Chiefs game was crazy. How the, many red they, jerseys they were there? They both were, the Niners yeah. and the Chiefs. I mean, yep. it was, it was. I'm not going to lie, embarrassing. It was embarrassing for me sitting in the in, in the press box looking out thinking, whoa, that's a sea of red more than I imagined. Now, it's different circumstances when you know that the team's out of it. You know they just made a quarterback change. So not only – I mean, the 49er plan, fans were already planning on flooding Vegas anyway, especially for New Year's. But, man, that just can't happen. You've got to start establishing winning tradition and winning, winning, winning. Because if you're winning here in Vegas, as we know, people will go. If you're not winning – they won't. I mean, you don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the Golden Knights when they struggle. They're struggling right now at home to put pucks in that, and they're still at the top of their division. But I'm telling you that that bowl starts emptying out the earlier and earlier in the third period, and seeing more and more opposing fans kind of uh, making their presence known, where they're taking over the anthem. There, instead of the Go Knights Go, it's Go Wings Go. And wow. you're exactly right. It, it, it turns on you quick here, and mm-hmm. so that's where we were having a conversation at the holiday party with uh, with with Q about the blockbuster factor here and how yeah. important it is for people to show up. Because I love a great defense. I love strip sacks. I love all of that. <laughs> but why do people show up to a football stadium? Because they want to see somebody chuck that pigskin in a way that they haven't seen before their own eyes before. And so that's what they need. And that will cover up for a lot of their um, missteps should they happen as well. As long as you hit on this one big decision. That's it's a, gonna set you up. That's a great point, Demond. It's a great point, and I don't have to. I don't have to jump in and start the UNLV conversation because I think you already know. Because there's, there's, you know, if they're not winning and they're not, you see what happens. And exactly what Kalani said about Raider fans where, hey, people don't care about those glory years. With UNLV, I think that sometimes when you talk to older alumni, they say, back in my day, we yeah, used yeah. to have the Thomas and Mac pack. The student section isn't what it used to be. Yeah, because... No one in my day and age has even seen an NCAA tournament appearance right. where you can say, well, it was in your lifetime. But, yeah, not when I right. would have been a student. That's you weren't cheering on Grandma Ma. Exactly. <laughs> or no one. So when you don't was, have that. actually. <laughs> hey, man, Larry Johnson was a bad man. I know the history. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But you weren't the guy there cheering him on in the student section. And it's hard to say what you said. No one wants to go see a bad residency. Nope. No one wants to go see a loser. And I don't care if it's at the collegiate level. I'm a J-Lo fan, and I wouldn't even go see her residency. And I, I'm a J-Lo say fan. Say that to Ben Affleck's face. Oh, I would. He's terrible, by the way. Did you terrible. see the back tat? Have you seen his back tat? No. It, he has an entire, yeah. It's, oh, okay. He has a mural. I thought you meant like he had a tramp stamp or something. No, that would be pretty... more tasteful. <laughs> it does go down pretty far. It, it, it It's a reacher. Let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> ben Affleck's back tattoo. <laughs> it's got another movie coming You never soon. know where this conversation is going to go on this great family-friendly show, but I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. So, yeah, again, uh, a, a residency... On the Las Vegas Strip, you cannot have, if it's not going to be successful, if you're not going to put a, a successful product out there. So you've got to make sure 
that that product is a winner. And it might take a badass quarterback like we've been talking about to get that that hype, get that energy, get uh, everybody flowing in the right direction of, okay, I want to make sure to go see this guy. I want to see this team perform with this guy out there. That might be what it takes. You might not get that that hype and that love from a, from some defense. I know I'd get fired up about it, but there's a lot to consider when you think about that. So great stuff. Great stuff today on the show. Many thanks to our guests. When you hear that music, you know what time it is. Bonte Hill led us off on 95.7 The Game. We had Graham Coffey from DogCentral.com. Did a fantastic job breaking down all things Georgia Bulldogs. Trey Mosley, TreyMosley.com. If you missed that interview, definitely be up on LVSportsNetwork.com a little bit later on this evening. You can definitely check that out. And then Coach Ken Ward from Basic High School. He's a Tom Flores High School football Coach of the Week recipient, him at Basic High. So uh, many thanks to Lindsey Brown doing a fantastic job behind the wheels of steel. Damon, thank you for uh, sharing your steak stories. And, uh, yeah, Airbnbs will have no dollar steaks in them when we're in Phoenix. This is Radish Radio 920. Have a good night.